0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 204 of the Draft Analyst, presented by by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Cipolli, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always. And we finally had football to watch last week. Certainly all 25-plus point blowout games, except for Nebraska-Illinois, as we alluded to on last week's show. And while none of the five games played involved any Big 12 teams, our first episode this week, will cover the conference in detail. Later this week, we'll hit the Pac-12 to finish up our Power 5 previews for the 2022 NFL draft. But before we get to that, Tony, what'd you think of the football from the weekend?
1: Well, I mean, I I thought what we said last week, uh, it was amazing that Nebraska was what I believe a seven point favorite over Illinois at Illinois. I think that game was not as close uh, as the scoreboard read. I mean, it was one broken play for Taylor Martinez and Brandon Peters going down with an injury. And then, you know, a year ago on this podcast, I railed against the state of UConn football and what a disaster it was. I I think it was a blessing in disguise that they didn't play in 2020, probably saved Randy Edsel's job for uh, another season. But for uh, UConn to fly across the country, play a mid-level team, Fresno State, who is competitive, but plays in a mid-level program, and just to get their bottoms beaten. I mean, that game was never even close from kickoff. Just shows you how the sad situation of UConn football has gone from bad to worse after not playing a year and playing a single game this season. And then we will get to this week's show in just a minute. But
0: first, a word from our sponsor. It's that time of year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron
1: to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, Props and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, now open at Bet Online. Head to the website
0: or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts now the big 12 conference 22 players drafted in april 6 of them within the top 100 picks Certainly not quite the same level of representation as other Power Five conferences like the Big Ten and the ACC. Obviously, certainly not the SEC, but this is still a conference capable of producing high-level talent. And really looking at the 2022 draft board, Tony, there is a lot of draftable talent. More seniors alone with draftable grades than total players selected in
1: 2021. Is the Big 12 in for a bounce-back year when it comes to the NFL draft? I would think so, and it's going to come down primarily to two schools, which we will get into, Oklahoma and Iowa State. I mean, they've got the bulk of the quality talent. There were numbers later on uh, in rounds three through seven, but the first two rounds, the first 60 picks, I believe is going to be littered, from this conference anyway, is going to be littered with players from Oklahoma and Iowa State. We'll start off the Big 12 after this message
0: from our friends over at Balance 7. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional
1: basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to, Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. Even for non-pro athletes like me and Tony, Balance 7 can help with
0: hydration and oxygen levels, making workouts both easier and more effective
1: as we try to keep active and stay in shape. And Lord knows with all the the high temperatures and the high humidity the past week and a half here in the uh, Northeast, I could have used a lot more hydration and oxygen levels out of my runs. You can see how
0: balance seven has helped Lamar after he looked good in his celebrity boxing match with Aaron Carter. So head over to balance 7com Again, that's the number seven and use the code
1: believe for free shipping again, Head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for free shipping. I did. If it worked for Lamar, it can work for you too. Now getting into
0: the Big 12 Conference here, and we'll start with the Baylor Bears. One draft pick in April, seventh round pick, William Bradley King. Now Baylor has had a player drafted in 12 of the past 13 years, should have both more representation and higher picks in the 2022 draft than this past year. And that starts with linebacker Terrell Bernard. Led the team with 55 tackles through five games before a shoulder injury ended his season. Also had six and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, an interception, and two pass breakups. I mean, a guy who really can do it all in terms of pursuit, coverage, stopping the run. Size is a bit of an issue for Bernard, but production most certainly is not. Offensive lineman Xavier Newman-Johnson, 14 career starts at left guard, eight at right guard and one at center coming last season. He's also listed at the pivot for the 2021 season. Now, Newman Johnson has good movement skills, also obviously has the versatility to play both guard and center, which will only help him in the draft process. And then a couple of late round guys at Baylor, safety JT Woods, who had three interceptions last year on the Bears' back end, and wide receiver RJ Sneed, who's 39 catches and 497 receiving yards, led the team
1: in 2020. Who intrigues you with the Bears, Tony? Well, I like Bernard. I, I mean, he, he, he's short. He's not really small. He's almost 235 pounds. He runs in the four sixes. He plays in the four sixes. He gets depth on his pass drops. Uh, he's terrific in pursuit. He covers a lot of area on the field. You know, he's your traditional 4-3 weak side linebacker that teams will put on the inside of a 3-4 and let him run to the ball in pursuit. I have him graded as a fourth rounder. Some scouts I've talked to have him as early as the second round. Uh, I've always liked uh, Xavier Newman-Johnson, a guy who could have entered last year's draft. He's going back for another uh, season. 6'1", 311 pounds, a veritable dancing bear, uh, quick off the snap, very explosive. You mentioned his versatility, but can also block in motion. Jalen Petrie is a guy who you didn't mention. Petrie is someone who is highly thought of in some areas of the scouting community when I say highly thought of I'm talking about third fourth round I like Petrie as a player I just don't know about him as a prospect I mean he lines up basically at a linebacker position for Baylor he's 5'10 and a half 195 pounds he doesn't play very fast we're talking high four fives uh low four sixes I mean he's tough and he's fierce but he's got athletic limitations I just don't know what you do with him at the next level I mean you're going to pigeonhole him as a uh, strong safety, maybe his own safety. And I'm sure he'll do very well in that role as well as play special teams. But I just think uh, he's a late round pick, which is why I got Petrie graded as a six seventh rounder. Now moving on to one of the teams Tony mentioned in the open,
0: the Iowa State Cyclones. One selection only in the 2021 draft was running back Kenny nguyen in round four. Only three picks over the past eight years. And two of those picks have actually been running backs. nguyen and 2019 third-rounder. So surprise, surprise, the top 2022 prospect on the Cyclones board is another running back, and it's probably their best running back yet in Brees Hall. 279 carries for 1,572 yards and 21 touchdowns in 2020. 23 catches, 183 yards and two scores through the air. It's got good size and power, good speed as well. Certainly has shown the receiving ability and, and really does everything you want and that you need from a starting running back in the NFL, tight end, Charlie Collar also should go on day two, 44 receptions for 591 yards and seven touchdowns last season. He's not a big time downfield threat, but he's a good receiver with traditional size as an inline tight end. And then edge rusher, Will McDonald, the fourth, 13 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks in 12 games last year, a big step forward from six of each of those in 2019. He's a bit thin to play with his hand in the dirt at the NFL level, like he does at Iowa State, but the good news there is that he can chase down plays against the run as well at 33 tackles in those 12 games and that plenty of other players of note as well on the Cyclones roster, including a polarizing quarterback prospect who Tony is a bit less enthused
1: about than many scouts. That would be Brock Purdy. I mean, I have him as a fifth rounder. There are a lot of scouts that agree with me that Brock Purdy is a fifth rounder. There are some that have him as a second rounder. Brock Purdy is a terrific college quarterback. I I mean, he's a guy who can be electrifying on the field. He looks like a magician with the football. Uh, he, he, He improvises when plays break down. But for my money, he doesn't have an NFL arm. And I think a lot of the things that he improvises and a lot of the Sandlot type of quarterback that he plays at Iowa State on the college level is going to be to his detriment in the NFL. I I mean, he's not a Kyler Murray with the arm or or the foot speed. He doesn't have that sort of athletic ability. He doesn't have that arm talent. Uh, And I just don't see how Brock Purdy is a top 100 selection as some people are projecting him to be. I think he's one of those guys that is a real, real good college player that doesn't project well to the next level. Can't say that about Brees Hall or Will McDonald. I mean, Brees Hall just blew me away uh, when I watched him on film. I I had a struggle not to give him a first-round grade. I have him graded as an early second-rounder. He has the size, the power, and tenacity to run on the inside, run over defenders. He's got the agility and the speed to turn the corner. He beats defenders into the open field and can run to daylight. He's a terrific pass catcher out of the backfield. I mean, he, this guy just does it all. Absolutely love Brees Hall's game, was blown away by him. And it was week after week after week. I, I mean, Brees Hall was just, I think Brees Hall makes Brock Purdy's job a lot easier at Iowa State because defensive has the key on him, which opens things up for Brock Purdy. Charlie Collar is a solid uh, tight end with excellent size. As you said, doesn't have the great speed, but he catches the ball very well. Six, six and a half, 260 pounds. And a guy who can get to the second level and catches the ball like a receiver is going to be very appealing at the next level. I love Will McDonald's upside. You know, you talked about it. Primarily comes out of the, uh, I, I, with his hand out of the dirt, comes out of a three-point stance. He's athletic. He's explosive. I like him more as a 3-4 outside linebacker. And it's kind of ironic because uh, iowa state plays a three four and rather than standing mcdonald up they use him out of a three-point stance but he's a guy who gets a lot of pressure you, you can see the athleticism it just oozes out on the field mike rose is another guy sort of like the, a brock purdy at linebacker not the greatest athlete but smart tough uh and, and a guy who makes plays against the run or, or in coverage The thing is, is he's probably going to run in the high four sevens, which is going to depress his draft stock. They got a bunch of players. Uzo Ricky, the defensive end, who I like a lot. Chase Allen, the other uh, tight end. Xavier Hutchinson, the receiver, uh, all have draftable grades. Anthony Johnson, the cornerback, is on the cusp of being draftable. This is a good team. And Matt Campbell, every year, once the college season is over, his name is at the forefront for an NFL job. But he just seems, you know, he turns it down. He doesn't want to leave college. He loves the college game and he loves Iowa State. It'll be interesting to see what happens after this year because Oklahoma is so strong. Eventually, Oklahoma, as we know, Oklahoma as well as Texas is going to be leaving for the SEC. That's going to water down the Big 12. Uh, This could be it for Matt Campbell uh, at Iowa State. That's just my speculation on my behalf. Now, kind of the
0: complete opposite of Iowa State. There's not much going on at Kansas. Nobody drafted this year, only two picks over the past six drafts, and no top 100 picks since to leave went 20th overall in 2008. Unfortunately for the Jayhawks, 2022 looks likely to be the third empty draft year in the past four. Guard Malik Clark moved to left tackle in 2020 after playing left guard in 2019. He's moving back inside to left guard for 2021. Not a draftable prospect but definitely someone who can clear big holes in the run game. Edge rusher Kyron Johnson, 42 tackles, four and a half of them for loss, three sacks in 2020. Similar to Will McDonald at Iowa State, if only in the fact that he is too small to play defensive end in the NFL. It's probably too small for a pass rushing outside linebacker though, as well, which is why he's unlikely to be drafted, but a big season could earn him a camp invite. He does have some
1: skills rushing off the edge. Yeah, I mean, I talked about the disastrous situation at UConn to open the show. Not as bad as Kansas, but, I mean, they just can't seem to get out of their own way. Les Miles gets fired in, uh, I believe it was in March, because of infractions that happened at uh, LSU. Uh, we had one of his players on prior to the draft, or one, of his form, one of the former Kansas players on prior to the draft talking about that. But, you know, again, I, I mean, Malik Clark is a natural guard who's out of position at left tackle. Uh, Six foot four, 335 pounds, moves relatively well. Kyron Johnson's undersized pass rusher who really has to learn how to play in space. Chris Hughes comes back, but these guys are all free agents. I'd be shocked if any player from Kansas is selected in the draft, not only this year, but in 2023. Now, Staying in-state, looking over to Kansas State, where the outlook is
0: a slight bit brighter than their friends over at Kansas. One player picked. In April's draft, 7th rounder Wyatt Hubert, after they had no picks in 2020 for the first time since 1993. So this is another program that has certainly fallen on hard times. And the sad thing is there's definitely a chance that 2022 could be their second empty draft in a three-decade period. They might need junior edge rusher Khalid Duke to declare to avoid that fate. Just three tackles for loss and one sack in 2020, kind of continuing the Big 12 theme of a college defensive end who isn't big enough to line up on the line of scrimmage in the pros. He's a good athlete, but certainly needs to up that production if he wants to declare in 2022 and find his way into the draft. Some scouts do like senior guard Josh Rivas. He's got good size,
1: but Tony, I know you're less of a fan of Rivas's game. Tell us why. He's a small area guy. I mean, he's basically a power gap uh, blocker. You can't use him in the, in a zone type system. He's not very good on his feet. He's big. He's strong. He's got an NFL body, 6'5 half, 325 pounds, and he engulfs opponents. It's just that he's a very small area guy. There are some scouts that have him as a late rounder. I have him as a priority free agent. Could he move into the, uh, the late round? Absolutely. But I think he's a bit one-dimensional in his game. Khalid Duke is a terrific pass rusher, only an underclassman. Slightly undersized, but he's a one-trick pony at this time. He's fast and he's explosive and athletic off the edge, but he's got to really develop his game. Rush East had his moments when he was at Louisville, but he's a bit limited as far as his speed is concerned. There were some scouts that like quarterback Skylar Thompson. He's got good size, he's got a decent arm, but he's got a very inconsistent game.
0: Now, Oklahoma, the other gem of the conference in terms of draft prospects, five draft picks this year, led by second rounder Creed Humphrey at least four draft picks every year since 2008 and really almost 25% of the drafted players from the big 12 this past April were from Oklahoma. And as Tony mentioned, along with Texas, the team that's going to be leaving the conference soon in the coming years. Now the Sooners have placed three quarterbacks in the draft since 2018. They only took 2021 off because Spencer Rattler wasn't eligible. Well, Rattler can declare for the 2022 draft, Likely will if he repeats his 2020 season, where he completed 67.5% of his passes, 28 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's got a strong, accurate arm. He can throw on the move, and he can run a little bit. Currently, the betting favorite to go number one overall in the draft from our friends over at betonline.ag. Edge rusher Nick Bonito and linebacker Brian Asamoah. Not likely first-round picks, but could go round two. Bonito, 10 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks last season. Took a big step forward from his 2019 campaign. He's a good athlete with lots of upside. Whereas Asamoah, 66 tackles, five and a half for loss, two sacks, one interception, and four pass breakups in 2020. He can cover, he can blitz, he can play in pursuit. He's another good athlete playing at the second level. Now, obviously, there's just way more than this trio in terms of draftable talent for the Sooners. Tony, talk to us about this loaded Oklahoma squad.
1: Yeah, first, I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I do have Nick Benito graded as a second rounder right now, but I think he's got first round potential. It's just a matter of him elevating his game. He's got to get a little bit bigger. He's got to get a little bit stronger, but he's a tremendous pass rusher who's outstanding in pursuit, very athletic. I love his upside, but with these underclassmen, when you don't know what their true height, weight, speeds are, I tend to be a little bit conservative because I like to see upward movement in their games. But I think Benito's got first round uh, ability. And, you know, as you mentioned, Spencer Rattler will be a first rounder. I think there's no doubt about that. I was a little bit cool on Rattler and I wanted to wait until I broke down the film. And just like Brees of uh, Iowa State, Spencer Rattler just blew me away. I mean, he's a much more polished version, if you will, of Kyler Murray. He's a more accurate passer. Maybe he's not as a mature an athlete, Tyler Murray uh, being a, a semi-pro baseball player, but I mean, Rattler is cool. He's poised in the pocket. He, re- he remains poised under the rush. He gets outside of the pocket. He keeps his eyes downfield. He sits in the pocket or he, he waits until last minute to throw the ball. He's, he doesn't take off upfield unless it's absolutely necessary or it's on no. design quarterback runs. And when he does run with the ball, He's a lethal threat. He's got it all going on. I expect big things from him. You know, you talked about how he's uh, the favorite to be the number one pick next year. I think he's going to be the favorite to win the uh, Heisman Trophy as well, especially in that division. He is. Yeah, which has got some uh, really poor defenses, except for Oklahoma. Asamoah is a little bit undersized, but he's a quick sideline-to-sideline linebacker who covers a lot of area. He's explosive. they they got a tremendous defense. Woody Washington is going to be the next big-time cornerback out of Oklahoma. Right now, I have them graded as a second round choice. They got two kids on their defensive line, Perion Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas, that are day two picks. They got an up and coming uh, tight end in in Austin Stogner. I I mean, this Oklahoma team just oozes talent. I think they run through the Big 12 with no problem. And I think in the end, you could be looking at your national title winners with the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, the back half of the Big 12 is coming right out
0: after this word from our newest sponsor at Play Action Pools. Exciting news. Our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com
1: Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. Now, here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick 'em at playactionpools.com. That's believe, B L E A V. And then you get your picks each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go
0: to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em, And if you plan on hosting your own football contests, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em,
1: as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools.
0: Now, staying in the state of Oklahoma, moving over to the Cowboys of Oklahoma State for selections in the 2021 draft. After zero in 2020, second rounder Tevin Jenkins being the lone top 100 pick and really on the board for 2022, it's mostly late rounders for the Cowboys, with the exception of edge rusher Trace Ford, eight and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks in 23 career games, broken as a starter in the second half of his true freshman season in 2019. He's got better size than many of the rushers we've discussed so far on this show but still probably more of a standup rusher at the NFL level. A big step forward as a junior likely leads to a draft declaration and a top 100 selection for Ford safety, Trey Sterling good size all over the field. You can't miss him on film 74 tackles, 12 for loss in 10 games last year plays well around the line of scrimmage, obviously, but also had two interceptions and four pass breakups, just a really good all around football player time speed, probably the main question when it comes to Sterling and it's going to ultimately determine
1: where he lands in the draft. Yeah. He, he's got good size. He's smart. He's instinctive. He makes a lot of plays with his head, but I agree with you. I mean, the difference between you know, Sterling running in the high four fours and the mid to high four fives is the difference between him being drafted in the fourth round uh, the sixth round, as well as the type of uh, scheme he's going to play at the next level. Is he just a downhill zone safety or is he a guy that can go sideline to sideline? Trace Ford is incredibly intense. You can't help but notice him when he's out on the field. Uh, he's a terrific pass rusher. He chases the uh, action and backside pursuit. He's a go, go, go guy. Want to see him with the full season, although Oklahoma State almost played a full season last year, but I, lo- I like his upside. Comes out of a three-point stance, stands over tackle. Uh, A real good pass rusher who's developing into a good football player. Malcolm Rodriguez is an interesting uh, story. A guy who played safety uh, uh, for a while, moved to linebacker. He's got safety size, uh, 5'11", 220 pounds, runs in the four sixes. Where is he going to play at the next level? He's a good football player. Probably going to be an outside linebacker. I grade him as a six-round choice. He's also got a special teams mentality, which I think will help him at the next level. Now, TCU, two picks in April,
0: including second rounder Travon Merrick team that hasn't gone without a pick since 2008. And there's another defensive back leading the way for 2022 cornerback Travius Hodges Tomlinson first year starter in 2020 elevated himself all the way to being a second team associated press all American after breaking up 13 passes on the year problem is he's small, but Hodges Tomlinson has great speed and cover skills He's a guy opponents purposely avoid throwing at and really could turn into a very fine NFL nickelback. Left tackle, Obina Ezi, grad transfer from Memphis, a guy we discussed on the show last summer. He's a big guy who may ultimately fit better off on the right side at the NFL level. Both of these players certainly worth drafting for TCU. Anybody else worth
1: watching, Tony? Well, they got two other guys. They got another cornerback by the name of Noah Daniels. He's got decent size, flashes skill, but he needs a lot more consistency. And J.D. Spielman, uh, transferred from Nebraska, who could go in the last round, uh, transferred to Nebraska. He really hasn't done too much at TCU the past couple of years. A slot receiver, return specialist. You know, getting back to Hodges Tomlinson, uh, there's a guy who just stands out on film. I mean, he tremendous ball skills, feisty, does not back down to a challenge a guy who really does a great job making plays with his back to the ball, gets his head back around, positions himself against the receivers to defend passes, something that I'm always looking for. He does a great job of it. He's fast, he's explosive, he defends the run, but he's small. And, I mean, this is the day and age where you want cornerbacks that are six foot tall, and Hodges isn't, I mean, which I think is going to uh, kind of limit him at the next level, but he's still a real good football player. Now staying in-state
0: and going over to Texas, the other program leaving the conference in a few seasons, five players selected in this year's draft, including offensive tackle Sam Cosme and defensive end Joseph Asai in the top 100. Now, the Longhorns have had a player selected every year since 1938, with the exception of 2014, and that's certainly not going to change in 2022, although they may not have a player taken quite as high as Cosme, linebacker DeMarvian. Overshown, 60 tackles, eight for loss in 10 games last season. Also two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and seven pass breakups. Good athlete with top-notch length, undersized even for a modern linebacker, but just makes plays and does have the frame to add 10 to 15 pounds if needed. A player Overshown plays behind his defensive tackle, Keandre Coburn, a big man on the inside who is also quick, a two-year starter already with 51 tackles in those two campaigns as a freshman and sophomore and offensive tackle christian jones started his sophomore season at right tackle in 2020 got one start on the left side and that's where he's going to play in 2021 with cosme moved on to the nfl like over Sean and coburn jones is another day two possibility on the longhorns roster tony what else do you see
1: coming out of the lone star state here for texas well, you got to keep an eye on Josh Thompson, who I've graded as a fifth round. There's Some scouts think he can go fourth round, good size, 5'11", 205 pounds, cornerback, runs and plays in the mid to low four fours. The issue with Thompson is he struggles making plays with his back to the ball. I just talked about how Trevius Hodges Tomlinson of TCU does such a great job of it. Josh Thompson, not so much, but I think he's got the ability. He's got the feistiness that you can, you can face the action, maybe maybe kick him inside uh, to safety. B.J. Foster, I believe, is an underrated safety guy who is six foot one, 200 pounds, plays in the low four fives, constantly around the ball. Most scouts I've spoken with have him as an undrafted free agent. I think he's a six rounder. Keep an eye on Derek Kersetter, who returns after a devastating injury last season. He's a solid guard who could go in the late rounds. You know, getting back to Overshawn. Overshawn is sort of like the defensive back seven player to Joseph Asai's defensive front seven. What I mean by that is, you know, we saw Joseph Asai last year, tremendous pass rusher, a guy who consistently made plays in space, pursuing down the line of scrimmage, just play with a nasty attitude and look to destroy opponents. That's the way Overshawn is in space. I mean, you watch him on coverage, you watch him pursuing the run. He covers a lot of area on the field. Overshawn, it's sort of like a situation with uh, Malcolm Rodriguez of Oklahoma state that I mentioned earlier over Sean goes about six, two and a half, 218 pounds plays in the mid to high four sixes. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? He's just a darn good football player that I think will be a, a, a potential late day two pick if he works out well and a creative defensive coordinator will find a place for him at the next level. Now our third and final team from the state of
0: Texas Texas Tech, two selections in April after two in 2020, had at least one pick each of the past six drafts, and there are a pair of juniors in the passing game who rate out as the top prospects for the Red Raiders. Quarterback Tyler Show transfers in from Oregon after completing 63.5% of his passes with 13 touchdowns and six interceptions in seven games last year, added 271 yards on the ground with two scores as well. Really has prototype size at the position. Maybe not as much as the modern prototype, but the 10-year-ago prototype. He also has a strong arm and enough athletic ability to make some plays with his legs. The decision-making, though, really needs to improve, as seen in those six interceptions. But he's young, so a step forward in a new program, a pass-happy program, which has certainly inflated the numbers of worst QBs before him, could certainly help boost his draft stock. That top target I mentioned of is. Wide receiver Eric Azukuma, 46 catches, 758 yards, and six touchdowns last year. A big receiver who makes plays down the field and in the red zone. Now he gets a quarterback upgrade. It's gonna be really fun to watch this duo in
1: 2021. Anything else gonna be fun about Texas Tech, Tony? Well, they they got a quick little running back by the name of Sidoric Thompson, who's been a real good player the past two years. He's a good he's a terrific ball carrier. Creative ball carrier, also a good pass catcher out of the backfield. They got another underclassman uh, receiver to keep an eye on, Trey Cleveland. Uh, these are guys who played well last year. You know, Tyler Shaw, you mentioned he has to protect the ball better, and that's absolutely true, but he's also got to improve his accuracy because when you watched him at Oregon last year, I mean, the receivers were working very hard to come away with the uh, catch. I have him graded as a third rounder. I think there is a tremendous amount of upside potential there and possibilities for him to move up draft boards. As you mentioned, he's got the size, he's got the arm strength, he's got the athleticism really to do everything, but he's got to go from being a thrower to a passer because right now, you know, he's a guy who for every one real good pass, he'll make, there'll be two or three throws that you just scratch your head and you say, what the heck was that?
0: Now, lastly, West Virginia, one draft pick in 2021, extended their streak to 14 drafts with a selection. That streak should continue in 2022 as well. Several late round options on the roster for the Mountaineers. Cornerback Charles Woods is a grad transfer from Illinois State. The Redbirds played just four games in 2020. Woods managed 20 tackles, two interceptions, and five pass breakups in those games. He's got good size at over six feet tall ball skills as those numbers above show. Also four interceptions and 13 pass breakups in 2019 when he had a full season to play. Now, he's going to get the opportunity to perform at the FBS level and prove that his skill set transfers over. Defensive tackles Darrell Middleton and Dante Stills also have day 3 intrigue. Middleton's a Tennessee transfer. The stats don't pop off the page for Middleton, 43 tackles, two sacks in 22 games in his career, but he's very tall and not tall enough where it hurts his leverage either. Still plays with good power, has some athletic ability as well, whereas Stills, the stats do pop. 58 tackles, 22 for loss, nine sacks the past two seasons. He's got solid size on the inside as well, not as much as Middleton, but he can play the run in addition to create pressure up the middle, which we know is ever so valuable in the modern NFL. Tony,
1: wrap us up with what the Mountaineers have to offer here. Yeah, I think Dante Stills is a much better pro prospect than his brother Darius Stills, who was an undrafted free agent, got hurt, was cut, was brought back uh, onto uh, onto a roster of the season. He's got much better length. Uh, Darius Stills was barely six foot one. Dante Stills goes six four. He's athletic. He can rush the edge. He's got growth potential. He's got a lot of upside. Daryl Middleton is a guy who's just got to pull it together. He shows flashes of ability. He showed flashes of dominance in Tennessee. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. Uh, but he's just got to really pull the pieces together. If he does, I think he's a late round pick. Charles Woods, you mentioned. Woods is a guy who I had uh, graded as draftable off the 2019 film. Illinois State didn't play last year during the fall. They did have a spring season. We had a couple of guys. We talked about one of them earlier, John Ridgway, the former Illinois State defensive tackle who transferred to Arkansas. He's going to be an early day three pick, if not a late day two pick. Charles Woods is not as... Uh, talented at the cornerback position, but he still has excellent length. He's got solid ball skills. And, and you know, it's ironic. I mean, West Virginia for years was a team that threw the ball around, wide open sets, a lot of receivers in the draft, some quarterbacks in the draft. You know, uh, bad situation when the coach uh, pulled up the stakes and and went to Houston. Hasn't worked out for West Virginia. Hasn't worked out for Houston. And I think the more uh, interesting thing is, you know now West Virginia, although they've had some good defensive backs in the past, you know now they're more and more looking like a, a defensive uh, team in an offensive conference.
0: And that's it for the 204th episode of the Draft Analyst, presented by Bet Online and the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. Now feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. We'll finish off our 2022 NFL Draft previews later this week with the Pac-12. But until then, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.